following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome to Hour 3 of Radio Law Talk. Uh, this is the most exciting time of Radio Law Talk. The deodorant has been applied for Todd and I. Uh, we've uh, shaved a little bit more because the beard is getting long. But we are having a good time today because third hour is always for their stalwarts. Those of you that are stalwarts that listen to us, thank you so much for Hour 3. As Denise said, it is flying by. because, But, but this is the most important one you have to listen to because it's preparing you for Thanksgiving dinner coming up where you need to talk to the in-laws. That's what you need to do is, is use Radio Law Talk as your ammunition when the in-laws try to talk to you about something and they keep saying they say. Call us at 855-LAW-RADIO. We could even help you. If you know some topic's going to come up uh, this uh, this week at Thanksgiving, we'll help you and tell you what you should say here at Radio Law Talk to thwart them. Or what you can do is just, just hit record button and record what we say and just, just play it for them. And that's what you can do. So today we're going to talk, I mean, this third hour, we're going to talk about the interesting California law that is trying to stop Trump from being on the 2020 ballot because uh, we're going to get into that. I want to tease you a little bit about that. We're going to talk about the GM lawsuit against Chrysler, Meghan Markle. We're going to update you on the Five Points building in New York. That's a very interesting one. The big one we want to talk about is Taylor Swift and what's his name? Corton Scooter Brown or Scooter Braun. 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 Yes. Scooter Braun, yeah. And then we're gonna talk about Redbox and Disney lawsuit. So you know you have those speed dating, those sites where you go, I mean those those events where you go speed dating. I don't understand them, Todd. You probably know all about it. But you sit there, you gotta talk really fast about topics. <laughs> we're gonna to try to hit all these topics quickly so you can t- we can talk about them, and then we're gonna do a quick take at the end. And before we do all that, we do the most exciting thing and the fun thing on earth that our listeners love, and that's Cal Case or No Case. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. All right, folks, Case or No Case, I take you to Southern California. We all know about James Dean, the live fast, die young actor killed in his 1950 Porsche 550 Spider. He loved to drive fast. So on the way to a race after getting a speeding ticket... He did not see a car turning in front of him in the twilight until it was too late and a Hollywood legend was made. Now, what you may not know is the car, James Dean's spider, left behind a legacy of sorrow and death. One family decided they wanted to do something about it. Two doctors bought some spare parts off the wrecked car, now sold for Savage by a salvage yard in Los Angeles. Two doctors each bought parts from the vehicle. One crashed and was seriously injured and the other was killed in their cars from the parts which were put on them. One of the doctor's families, Dr. Harold Pappen, M.D., lost his life when an upper control arm off the suspension failed, and he couldn't steer the car except into trouble. He was killed. So his family decided to sue the salvage yard, Bud and Eddie's Salvage Works in Los Angeles, for selling the part without being able to certify it was good enough for the standard. Their standard was, well, if it's bad, we'll replace it. And they had a disclaimer on the wall not responsible for damages. Remember, you're buying used car parts, which is what your car is made out of anyway. That's what they had on their wall. So the family decided to look into going after Bud and Eddie's and the James Dean estate because that was the only deep pocket they could find because the car had belonged to him. And so I ask you, Mr. Cunin, you get to go first. Case or no case? Well, that is very unique, a unique fact pattern here. I will say this, that it is a scenario, but not a case. Uh, Maybe they thought about suing, but I don't think it ever materialized. And, And I would say for this reason, it seems to me that the impetus behind purchasing the parts was not necessarily to get viable parts. They wanted the notoriety of having a part that came from the vehicle that James Dean died in. And quite frankly, if you buy a part from a vehicle that somebody died in, you got to be put on notice that, hey, it might not work. Do you think maybe? So, um, <laughs> so I, I think that they may have thought about it. But I don't think that a, a. I think it's true that the two people probably died as a result of using parts that came from James Dean's vehicle. But it never materialized into a lawsuit. Nobody got sued. Ms. Dirks, what say you? 
Um, I have to agree with Todd. It's a scenario. I think that um, when you were in the bathroom uh, yesterday, that you were actually reading something that had to do with um, the James reader, Dean, maybe? <laughs> legendary car, and how it ended up, and how these people died, and that it was really good reading material. Oh, boy. And you thought, wow, this would make a good case or no case, <laughs> because they could sue the parts shop. But they can't because they are used parts, and you there is no warranty with a used part. You get it as it comes, and you're buying from a car that had already been in, in a major wreck anyway. So, And what could they get against James Dean's estate? Nothing because there's no connection between the car and the part. There was no contract between James Dean and this part company. Well, you there know, was no pa- contract pockets, yeah. <laughs> between James Dean and these doctors. So I'm going to say scenario, but no case. Mr. Penny, what say you, my friend? I just like the way she flushed that one out. I think the... Uh, <laughs> Boom. Yeah. The, th- the thing about... The, just my vision of Cal sitting on the, in the bathroom reading this is, <laughs> makes me sick alone. That that alone is going to throw well, me off. Well, she brought it up. I did not. No. Yes, because I know that's where you do a lot of your case or no cases. So I, I've got to get points. So I think the both of them are right. I think they're both correct. <laughs> but I've got to go the opposite just, just, just in case. So I'm going to say it was an actual case and the guy loses, that is, the, the, the family of the doctors lose, I, I truly think it's not a case. I think it's a scenario, but not a case. But I, I just in case, I, just just for the sake of trying to get points, case and they lose. That is, that the doctor's family loses. Okay, well, fair enough. Let me tell you that this car really did leave behind a legacy of sorrow. The highway patrol put it on a trailer and took it around to high schools to show kids what could happen if they drove too oh, fast. Yes. The car fell off the trailer and crushed a kid's legs and hurt him very badly. Um, another time they hung it up and it was, even though it was welded together, it broke into 11 pieces. Eventually the car is gone. You know what the car was named? By the way, you get an extra bonus point if you know the name of the car. <laughs> he had a name written on it. I, I, my, my first thought is Christine. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> because of the Stephen King book. Right, right. But, no uh, kidding. All yeah. right, let's do it this way. For those of you who say this was a case, that would be Fred. Uh, I'm sorry. I knew what no, I, I, I was trying. I, I was trying. I, I, you, didn't I did. give it, you didn't let us pick the name. <clears throat> oh, yeah. So you can still tell me the name. That's all right. I'm going to say that it was... Um, Charlotte. Okay, it's from Charlotte's Little Web. something. Little something is little the name. Cube. Little something. A little fatherless child, if you'd like to lose that cuss word, which I'm not going to use. Oh, little oh. bad. Oh, yeah, that was really? the name of the car. Yeah. And, and more people, I, I was studying the legacy of this car, more people, and the car eventually disappeared, and no one still knows where it is. It has gone out there somewhere. Because it's probably an omen. They just—it's like. Oh, yeah, pretty soon people said somebody, somebody cursed that car. Anyway, yeah. so the little bee is long gone. And, well, uh, doggone it! I tried to get a little few extra points. Well, but... that's why the car failed him, because yeah. he gave it the wrong name. That's what I'm thinking. I think it failed him because he'd like to drive fast like a maniac. Speaking of failure, let's talk about Gavin Newsom and his uh, his the, <laughs> what he passed in California. Is he tried to pass this law that we're going to talk about? We got one minute left. Uh, pass a law that basically says if you don't release your tax returns, you're not going to be allowed on the 2020 primary. The California Supreme Court, which is fairly liberal, uh, unanimously said no. It's not. There's no constitutional uh, issues duty. duty for them to give your ta- give the tax returns to in order to. Uh, run for president. There's only what? Two things, Todd? There's only two things under the U.S. Constitution. you got to be 35 years old and you have to be a natural-born citizen of the United States. But they could do that to the governor. So now the governors, whether they're Democrat, Republican, under the uh, California Constitution, they have to reveal it. We're going to be back and talk more about some Disney cases. We're going to talk about Meghan Markle and uh, GM lawsuit with Chrysler. We'll be back. Stay tuned. There's much more Radio Law Talk straight ahead. We're not even close to being done yet. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. 
Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyandassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. I am Cameron Levitt, Chief Operating Officer of Concussion Medical Clinic. California's first concussion medical clinic is now open. As concussions increase each year, there has never been a greater need for concussion specialists. Our physicians at Concussion Medical Clinic are board certified in pediatric neurology and sports medicine and have partnered with universities, hospitals, and rehab clinics to expedite the recovery process. Simply put, we are elevating the standard of care. When you need an expert concussion opinion or concussion care, visit concussionmedicalclinic.com to schedule your appointment. I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. Man, I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Quick, quack, car wash. Many women have so many clothes in the closet, but then we go to get dressed and find we have nothing to wear. Ah. We've all been there. We all want to be comfortable and fashionable at the same time, and it's difficult to find clothing that makes that task effortless. But at Letty & Company, you can find trendy, comfortable clothing that is affordable, things you'll want to wear every day. Shop with a purpose online with free shipping. Just go to L-E-T-T-Y-N-Company.com. Letty-N-Company.com. Today we decided to walk to school. At the corner, we waited to cross the street. The stoplight counted down. 15, 14, 31, I mean 13. We took a left on Carroll Garden Street. Loud music was coming from a car. Danny's a smart kid, but he gets so distracted. There were so many other sounds, I didn't know what to focus on. Danny, Earth to Danny. Suddenly he realized he forgot his homework again. I left my homework on the table. At the, the school, school steps, steps we hug goodbye. goodbye. I, I really, really hope he doesn't have another, another bad day at school today. today. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free online resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Get personalized recommendations, practical tips, daily access to experts, and more. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now back to your host, Frederick Penny. We've been talking a lot about these record contracts and movie contracts that use these ancient boilerplate uh, contracts and agreements that that technology is moving so fast that the issue is whether or not these boilerplate older contracts apply to the new, you know, chain or, or way of distribution or way of selling uh, items. And that's what's happening with Taylor Swift and Scooter Braun. And Scooter Braun has bought uh, basically the rights to a lot of, uh, through a company called Big Machine. He bought Big Machine in June um, and Big Machine Recordings owns a lot of the 
rights to Taylor Swift's original recordings, which is called what? They they own the master recordings. Right. So the recording as it came from the studio when the engineer said, okay, this is what we're going to burn onto a CD or right. put out there. This is it. This the is plans. What, this, is, this is the recording. Big Machine owns that, but Taylor Swift owns the copyright to the composition. And which which we have covered in other cases a about lot. copyright stuff and and yeah, like you said, Fred, this this represents the latest brouhaha that arose over her performance at the AMAs last week came about because allegedly Scooter Braun and his partner Scott Borchetta allegedly allegedly and they deny this, but when you read the tea leaves, I don't know. We'll, We'll just go over the allegations. They allege, It was alleged that they told Taylor Swift, we are only going to let you perform one song at the AMAs. By the way, this is the AMAs where she was being celebrated as the artist of the decade. We're only going to let you, the artist of the decade, sing one song, Shake It Off, that is the single, and we will only let you do that if you agree not to record copycat recordings of the masters that we own for which you own the copyrights that would be her entire catalog and then market those separately so we'll only do this let you sing that one song if you agree to forego this avenue of trying to basically get around the fact that we own the masters now they denied that they said that taylor swift said they did they denied that they said it well Dick Clark Productions, that owns the AMAs, and Scott Borchetta, or Big Machine Music, put out a joint statement shortly before the AMAs saying, quote, Recording artists do not need label approval for live performances on television or any other live media. So, she didn't need their approval to sing Shake It Off or any other song that she wanted to sing. They don't. She didn't need record label approval for the live performance. But the statement goes on to read, Record label approval is only needed for contracted artists' audio and visual recordings and in determining how those works are distributed. So the recording of the AMAs and how people make money off the recordings, well, then that goes back to the record label. And and that's what they talked about. And here's where Fred's statement about antiquated contracts comes in. In the past... Recording artists' contracts with labels included a provision saying, yeah, if you leave us, it was a throwaway boilerplate provision. If you leave us uh, for five years, you can't record the same songs which you own the copyrights to. We'll just cap it at five years. And nobody paid attention to it because up until recently, it was such a headache to have to go in and re-record this stuff. And then you had to deal with distribution. Who's going to burn CDs and get it out there? Well, now... Distribution and level of recording, arguably, are no longer hurdles. You can record in your house professional quality stuff using your PC and and distribution. Yeah, have you ever heard of, of MP3s putting it on Spotify or YouTube or anything like that? And so this has the industry really freaked out because they got all these they got decades of contracts out there with five year limitations, and and they're sitting there going. At the end of five years, our goose is going to be cooked on this because these folks can really stick it to us. Cal, folks, well, that, I was going to say that the, this master recording thing, you wonder, well, what's the big deal with the master recording, Fred? That's a lot of times where they make their little subset of money, selling the same songs to the same people because they'll hear the bass player go, oh, I didn't like that take. Okay, let's do it again in three, two. You know, they'll have all those little little subtle things that normally would not appear on a particular performance, but they're on the masters. So real fans like Beatles fans, they'll buy, you know, a new song to hear Paul McCartney go three, two, one, you know, that kind of weird stuff. It's the masters that goes like on um, all of the, the downloads for the music too. So the masters make ton of money. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ton of money. I mean, they, they're the ones that literally, you know, people pay, what is that? iTunes? iTunes. iTunes. Well, it used to be, yeah. Yeah, it, it, they use masters for it. That's what the movie industry uses when they say, hey, we want to use your song in this. And all of the different versions, of the radio version, the edited version for the car commercial that you did, the one, look, they make a lot of money. But my gut tells me this. So Big Machine 
was sold to Scooter Braun and Scott Borchetta about a year ago. Going on about a year. At a venture year. capital group, okay. I believe. And, yeah. And it was sold about a year ago. So if there's a five-year limit, they got four years on Taylor Swift from recording copycat versions of the Masters. They got four years left. And I think that Borchetta and Braun are going to want to maximize the rest of those four years as much they can to get as much revenue and then either sell to Swift. That's why they're not selling to her now. They wouldn't make any money off. But then sell to Swift so she can have it. With the idea being, now you won't have to go and record the copycats. We'll just go ahead and sell it out to you. And again, we've talked about this so many times. What's the genius behind having the controversy? We're talking about it. It stays in the public eye. And how much are they paying news outlets for this publicity? Not a dime. You know what they should do? They should let Taylor Swift buy out that five-year provision and then get a royalty for the rest of the time. That I, would be I where think, they'd make the most money. I think, money. Todd, they could sell it right now. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to say. I thought it was like $500 million or something they bought it for, some outrageous amount. But I bet they could make $100 million off it. But if they sold it right now, in six months, the media coverage would die down and be back to – but by keeping it alive for the next five years, everybody's going to make bank off of it. Yeah. And the ones who are going to make the most money, the transactional attorneys. Yep, that sounds good. Hey, Megan, <laughs> Megan Markle updates on Five Points Building in New York. Red Box versus Disney. GM lawsuit with Chrysler. That's an interesting one with some interesting behind-the-scenes things that are going on and some arrests. We'll be back. You stay there. There's more Radio Law Talk coming right up, right here, right now. Don't go anywhere. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800 918 1376 Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars, and they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor, and The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS, and they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse,
warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more. Call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel quality, all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800-617-9312. That's 800-617-9312. When you were a little kid and you thought about what you wanted to be, teaching was at the top of your list. But things changed. And as you got older, teaching didn't seem like the best option anymore. So you're thinking you'll be something else. But what would your 12-year-old self say? Now you want to be a doctor. You don't think teachers save lives? 25 at a time. An actress? Try playing a different role every time the bell rings. How about a scientist? Ever heard of physics? Chemistry? Who do you think teaches that? Teachers today are breaking down obstacles, finding innovative ways to instill old lessons, and taking learning far beyond the four walls of the classroom. It's time to recognize that great things are happening in teaching and put it back on your list. Don't try to convince yourself otherwise. You had it right the first time. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. Even in the hustle and noise of this modern world, we feel the pull of the forest to walk under the canopy and feel transformed. National forests are essential to life, majestic and grand. They clean our air, supply drinking water to millions, and provide homes to countless wildlife. They fuel our imaginations, inspiring us to think big, and now's the time to do just that. Fires and natural disasters devastate our forests each year. That's why we're replanting millions of new trees across the country. The Arbor Day Foundation needs your help. We've heard the call of the wild and we've answered. Scientists, foresters, volunteers, and members, together we can preserve and protect our heritage and legacy. We must act now so that the generations of today and tomorrow can continue to depend on our forests. Visit. Is this real life? No points for you. Oh, come on. Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. All right, here's a shocker. Ready for a shocker? Another shot. I've been throwing shockers at you all day. Meghan Markle is fighting. Well, let me back up. One of the royals is fighting against a tabloid, and Meghan Markle is Denise. What's Meghan Markle upset about? Well, she's been portrayed in a lot of different um, tabloids uh, about things that they claim are true when they're not true. Um, they, they claim that she had a New York City baby shower that she spent over $300,000 on, and that was excessive. They claim that her relationship with her dad is so bad and so volatile that she didn't invite him to her wedding. And they claim that um, her, the newly the newly renovated home that she has in Windsor, um, that they spent so much money on it. It was so extravagant. And they, they, they actually go out into so much detail that truth in this case is going to be a defense for Megan. And not, in a, not a defense, but going to be an action, a cause of action for Megan for sure. Um, so she fought, she filed suit against the Mail on Sunday publisher and its parenting, uh, its parent company, and she is saying that they have done all of these untrue stories in an attempt to portray her negatively, and that it has caused her damages and that she has suffered. And with regard to the cause of action uh, related to her father, they actually disclosed private letter that was written by her to her father. And she has privacy rights, guys. She may be a royal, but she has rights to have private life. She has rights to have private relationships. But in England, they love their royals, and then they love to beat them up in the tabloids. They it's do. It's just how they do it, isn't it? They do. And so what they did in that by publishing the private letter is they only did selective parts that made it look so terrible for her. And it was only about half of the content of the letter itself. So it portrayed her as being, you know, 
having a horrible relationship with her father and him having a horrible relationship with her. And it just, you know, it grew its own arm, quite honestly. So luckily, I think that the royals are very lucky to have Meghan Markle because I believe that she's going to start setting the stage so that it's going to be a clear boundary between what is private and what they can publish and what they can't publish. Because if it's not true, it's libel. If it, they, you know, spread it out to all these people, it's defamation, and it's violating her private. But what about the First Amendment, rights? where it's 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 the Britain it's the press, have, yeah. it freedom of the press? It have that. You're in England. Oh, I got you. I'm thinking. Okay, you're right. You're in England. If it was here, you would be different, exactly yeah. right. But the standard in England is different oh. than the standard here, and it's actually easier to sue. The the, the in thing England. the thing about the standard in England is is it shifts the burden of proof. See, in the United States, if you sue somebody for libel, you have to prove that as the plaintiff that they did what they did. If you are sued in the United Kingdom for libel, the defendant has to prove that what they put out oh. was true. Another interesting thing here is that if if somebody is sued for libel in the UK and they're a newspaper, which these organizations are, and if they're not a member of a particular special press oversight organization that most of the newspapers there have refused to join. If those three things happen, then the newspaper may even have to pay the legal fees of the plaintiff, even if the newspaper wins. They wow. still have to pay the legal fees. All I know is 99% of the tabloid reporters in England give the rest of them a bad name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. V- very well said. Very well said. So we're going to follow funny. this, right, Denise, or what? Um, yeah, absolutely, because it's headed to the High Court of London right now. And... Um, you know, I just I love I love the London I love England. Yeah, you love I the love royal the system. stuff. Yeah. Well, I worked for a barrister, right. and they have pomp and ceremony. Literally, that's what you call it. Wow. I mean, the the barristers that go to court still wear powdered wigs. They still wear maybe the wigs. Maybe that's what I should do now from now on. Oh, that'd be awesome. Because I, I, I don't have the bald head. We, we, should, we should maybe do a whole show we where we come in. We should do a whole show. We wear, the, we wear the wigs and we speak with a British accent, too. And know. do everything British cases. Nothing but British well, cases. you could be the barrister. I could be the solicitor. There you go. We ha- They have a dual system of I'll law. be the judge. Yeah. Okay. Judges wear something? I'm not going to be the defendant. Can I wear the robe? <laughs> sure. Well, we all wear robes. You just wear a different color. I'm going to wear a bathrobe. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Let's talk about GM suing uh, Chrysler instead. How's that? That's a great story. You know what's interesting is this one is is just wrought with fraud and and backdoor stuff because this is not something that's a, quote, allegation. They're actually three former Fiat Chrysler executives that have pled guilty already that revealed basically some – backdoor fraud type of uh, uh, work with the unions. What they did is they basically received monies, what was meant for what's called a training center for the union. And um, this training center uh, paid for, instead of going for the training center, went to pay for Rolexes, travels. One guy's Ferrari, he got a new Ferrari. Um, And and these individuals, uh, the Justice Department is investigating them and pursue an action against these uh, United Auto Workers officers, and they've already pled guilty. Well, now... And they're pleading guilty to corruption or bribery, right? That's right, right, that's right. Because they're the same, one and the same. Corruption is bribery, bribery is corruption. But now GM says, forget that. We're going to sue you civilly, Chrysler and Fiat, because what's happened is this under-the-table stuff that you were doing allowed... Or they claim, this is what their argument is, authorized Fiat Chrysler's chief at the time helped Fiat Chrysler win the union acceptance with concessions. In other words, the union gave them more concessions contract. than GM did, right. and GM had to pay the higher price. Yeah, I, mean, well, I was just going to back up here just so folks understand what we're talking about. This is General Motors and Fiat Chrysler are competitors, obviously, in, right. in well, Michigan. Yeah. And the argument here is, on GM is saying that Fiat Chrysler bribed the union so that they could get a leg up on GM for the past decade, and they did it in contract negotiations, and, and folks have already been you know, convicted of this. This is bad news. Yeah, they, they pled. They yeah. pled to it. So, so now they're suing civilly, 
And they're they're going for they said an undisclosed amount, but they're saying it's going to be hundreds of millions of dollars that they're pursuing. And this just started. They said GM said on Wednesday that it's going to seek billions with a B, billions of dollars in damages because this stems back to like 2010 uh, when the when these better contracts uh, were received with lower pay to the Chrysler uh, individual uh, uh, workers than what the GM had to pay much higher. And this, this affects so many people. This affects their yes. workers. Yeah. This doesn't just affect these big higher-ups. This this impacts the actual labor market. But the interesting thing is that what happens is a union will pick a car dealer, to a car company to strike against, and then supposedly once they settle with GM, they take that language and apply it to all the other car manufacturers. Well, they didn't do that this time. They settled with GM, then went to Fiat and said, hey, let's make a deal under the table. We'll make it cost you less. That's what's being alleged. That's the alleged. That's the alleged. And and the union has to do that because the union, United Auto Workers, represents both the employees that work for Fiat Chrysler and the employees of GM. And so why is it that the union is taking making preferential treatment for the employees of Fiat Chrysler over GM. That's a big problem. My my question here is, what happened in the last decade in Detroit? I remember this thing. Oh, what was it? The cla- the collapse, and then there was a bailout, like billions of dollars of to the automotive industry. Yes, to yeah. bail out the automotive industry. How much of that bailout money was used to line the pockets? That's the you, you talk about follow the money that's what i want to find yeah, out yeah and this stems from a um, justice department investigation yeah so i mean this is like big deal it's not just that i mean these guys that pled guilty from the unions was not just a ferrari this this individual uh, i don't know Ico belly he he renovates his home in rochester hills in michigan he you with union money with and with that this is money. a tony area yeah oh, boy. and yeah. and so the, but yeah. these guys have already pled guilty so it's not like GM saying, "I'm a, these are allegations." No, they pled guilty to it already, and so 18-month prison sentence yes. for yeah. one, 15 months for the other. And yeah, they, but, they were also all entangled in these different mergers too, correct? Yes, but I'll tell you what Chrysler's argument. You got to put a Chrysler's argument is, well, yeah, that's true, that all happened, but that didn't affect the bargaining agreement between us and the union. Yes, we had some bad guys at the top, but that didn't have anything to do with. Our good bargaining deal with the union. No, I'm like, sure uh, it didn't. Yes, yes, yes. When we come back, we're going to talk about a few other things. We This is our last segment when we come back, so we're going to do the quick take. we got to talk about updates on the Five Points building in New York and Redbox versus Disney. Those are some very interesting cases going on. And I think the Redbox versus Disney thing, the, the lawsuit, is going to change the way some of the uh, videos are viewed, So especially online. We'll be back. More Radio Law Talk coming right up. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. The cost of getting rid of garbage is high, and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. Northwest Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and baling company. Read more about them at northwestcompacting.com. I am Cameron Levitt, Chief Operating Officer of Concussion Medical Clinic. California's first concussion medical clinic is now open. As concussions increase each year, there has never been a greater need for concussion specialists. Our physicians at Concussion Medical Clinic are board certified in pediatric neurology and sports medicine and have partnered with universities, hospitals, and rehab clinics to expedite the recovery process. Simply put, we are elevating the standard of care. When you need an expert concussion opinion or concussion care, visit concussionmedicalclinic.com to schedule your appointment. Many women have so many clothes in the closet, but then we go to get dressed and find we have nothing to wear. So- ah! 
We've all been there. We all want to be comfortable and fashionable at the same time. And it's difficult to find clothing that makes that task effortless. But at Letty & Company, you can find trendy, comfortable clothing that is affordable. Things you'll want to wear every day. Shop with a purpose online with free shipping. Just go to lettyandcompany.com. lettyandcompany.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. I'm going to Quick Quack Car Wash. Get my car washed, make it quick, quack, pretty, shiny, sexy, just because I want to don't drive dirty. Going to get my car suds in the Quick Quack Car Wash. It's the Quick Quack, quickest and the cleanest by far. We're talking three skinny minutes sitting right in your car. Wash 100 feet of cloth, washing your car at the Quick Quack Car Wash. Any Honda, Mazda, Ford, or Chevy, Sauber, Cadillac, quick quack, will spruce her up just like that. You'll be happy, looking snappy, you'll be glad you was at the quick quack. Car wash it on the web and go to don'tdrivedirty.com and see where you got your closest quick quack in the local area. Get in your car, get in your truck. Get on the road and come visit the dock at the Quick Quack Car Wash, where your car will always leave happy, guaranteed. They take pride in being clean and green by conserving and recycling the water they use only at the Quick Quack Car Wash. Quack Quack. I'm a veteran. We hit a mine in Vietnam. When I came home, I didn't know where to turn. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. My victory's been never giving up hope. My wife is always there to remind me we have a life to live. DAV provides a lifetime of support, helping veterans of every generation get the benefits they've earned. I am a veteran, but after I got out, I spent two years alone and homeless. Every year, DAV helps more than a million veterans so they can reach victories great and small. My victory was finding the support to get back on my feet. Now I'm getting things right with my family. I finally admitted with my PTSD, I wasn't doing well. But there's more to be done and more victories to be won. Now I wish I'd found DAV sooner. I am a veteran. My victory is just enjoying each day. Help support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Boys are weird. Oh, that stone. You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now back to your host, Frederick Penny. Denise, give us a history about this New York City developer appealing a $6.75 million judgment. We've talked about this before. We did. This is the first time that me and Chris Rodriguez ever clashed. And Chris made Who? all the arguments. Who? Um, Who? Uh, we're going to be legally separated yeah, yeah, <laughs> very we're, soon. We're legally separating from him. <laughs> yes. But um, – in any event. Where's Rodriguez? He's gone forever. I'm texting him now saying we were doing a legal separation. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I'm going to serve him with papers soon. So anyway, Five Points was this building that was in a very dilapidated part that kind of was on five different um, barrows. Isn't that what they call burrows? it? Burrows. Burrows. And in, in New York. Yes. In New York. And the developer got this great idea, hey, let's revitalize this area by letting graffiti artists do graffiti on this building. And I will then, in exchange, give them places to rent to show their art. And the building then started to house a lot of artists, and it revitalized the whole area. It became a, a popular place for people to go and restaurant. They wanted to go see this building. <coughs> you could see it from uh, New York City. It was just absolutely stunning, and the art was amazing, quite honestly. So the artists did this with the consent of the building's uh, developer. But then the developer decides he wants to develop this area and get rid of this artwork. So the question in the trial court is whether or not this artwork was protected under the 1990 Visual Arts Right Act. And the lower court, and I, let's just put it this way, the developer was a bad actor. 
in this case. And I think he really made the trial court mad because during the pendency of this case, he whitewashed over all of the graffiti. The whole building was whitewashed, and it was whitewashed so badly that you could still see parts of the graffiti. It just was like so irritating to all the artists. It was like basically a slap in the face. So what did the trial judge do? I slapped him in the face with a $6.75 million judgment in favor of the 20 artists whose work he had whitewashed before. Now, this was a Long Island building. Um, he then demolished this building, and he has now appealed the $6.75 million judgment. And the argument is it's his property. He has the right to do with whatever he needs to do or wants to do with his property, and that Graffiti may not be um, the artistic work that's protected under that um, VARA Act. Which scares me in a way. So someone puts graffiti on your building, you can't sell it now, but go ahead. No, that's a very practical approach, and I totally get that argument. So we are definitely going to follow this um, because we need to. This is a very important issue, and we dealt with it very well before when it was in the trial court level. And I like to watch these cases go up on appeal. The only thing I would say is that where it differs from traditional graffiti, where you don't have the consent of the building owner, this True. this individual, Walkoff, was one of the rare developers that allowed the folks to do it. But there was no contract between him and the artists about the work. And, you know, that's where... That's where things kind of go awry. And this, this commonly happens in almost every business dealing. When you're in the honeymoon phase of an agreement with somebody, oh, yeah, we'll do this, and this is great, and this is great. That's probably the last time people really want to get in there and talk about, well, what happens if things don't work out with the two of us? Oh, don't talk about that. You're throwing cold water over this great idea and stuff. Well, that's where lawsuits come exactly. from. Exactly. That that that's such a good point. Had they done a contract between the artist and the developer, that contract would define the relationship. It could mean that since he consented to it being on the building, he owned the rights to the artwork. It could also mean that since he let them do it free of charge, they still retain their rights to the artwork, correct? So that's really the biggest deal. Have a contract, guys. You need to have a contract in most of your relationships now. And, and it really would have been no skin off of uh, Walkoff's nose. He he originally whitewashed over 200,000 square feet of the building. And then after that, demolished the building in favor of building a complex. Well, look, if, if your intent eventually was to demolish the building at least give the artists the right to go in there and maybe try to preserve their art. All right, you know. We'll go ahead and do this. We'll give you the opportunity to come in, and you want to take brick by brick out and reassemble it somewhere else, have at it. It's up to you. At least give them the opportunity. I think every artist would probably said, well, I'm not going to do that. But he denied everybody the opportunity to do anything. And that that's was my point to Chris Rodriguez back then. That is exactly how I felt, too. And it's an emotional point because the artists were emotionally attached to their mm -hmm. building. And so were the public at large. The public at large cherished this building. That's scary, though, because I'm a pro – you got to be careful about property rights. Yeah, you know, it's you, still so his building. It's that's his building. That. And, you know, yeah. that, 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 so we're going to see how this works out with property rights versus artistic oh. rights. Yeah, there was another part to this story that had to do with the fact that it, was there an oral contract and how long ago. And some artists were barred by statute of limitations from joining this suit, too. Just a little side note. So Redbox uh, is being sued by Disney. And they've come to an agreement. And what happens is, and I always say this, you know, you've got to be careful of the constant movement of the economy. And especially now, things are going so fast in this age of technology. Uh, who did Redbox take over and beat? Uh, what was the big, used to go get the videos at the Blockbuster. store? Blockbuster. Blockbuster. I, I can't remember their name. It's been so, Blockbuster was a powerhouse. And Redbox is one of the ones, and Netflix were the ones that put them under. And Redbox, you go and get get it, and it's simple. But what they're doing is they're taking the Disney boxes they buy, 
with everything in it. It has a Blu-ray disc, a DVD, and it has a digital code that you can also watch it via digital code. And they're breaking them up and selling them separately. And Disney said, no, you can't do that, and suing them on copyright violations. So what happens is they, they basically come down in agreement, and it also it's coming down to, again, as we've talked about today, the digital age, the contracts and agreements can't keep up with the digital age and its speed. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so they're saying, wait a minute, I, I bought the rights to, you know, I bought these rights. And there's a there's a law, what's it called? The uh, first sale doctrine, they call mm-hmm. it, which provides basically that someone lawfully acquires a copyright work. They're entitled to, to sell or dispose of that work however they mean, if they bought it. And so that's what the argument is. They've come to an agreement, by the way. It's a shocker, but they've come to an agreement. I think what's happening is, and this is some many articles and people have talked about, Redbox is a powerhouse, but is struggling. I'm not saying struggling, but it's getting hit hard by Netflix. Oh, it is struggling. And it's getting hit hit hard by Disney. Disney. Yeah, Roku, and, all of those. What did yeah. they just come out with? The Disney Plus. Disney yes. Plus. And, and, and it's just it's nonstop. And now Redbox that put out you know, a Blockbuster is now uh, struggling, and that's what they did. And now they they said, okay, we will not sell uh, the digital codes. The only reason why I think that Redbox will survive this is because there are a lot of people that, for monetary reasons or whatever, do not want <sighs> to have to sign on for a subscription just so they can watch one movie. Just so they can do this. And with all of these programs, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, you got to sign up for a subscription based thing just so you can watch one film if that's all you wanted to watch. And Redbox allows people to have that a la carte mentality towards renting movies. They got they got it, some more to like do. It's like having think... a, a throwaway phone. You yeah. don't want to have that service you know, cost every single month exactly. and paying that. I totally get that. But I thought because. Redbox was selling these um, combo packs that I thought it did show that they were trying to look at a new income stream. And the the combo packs were more likely than not the old movies that don't really, you know, they're not rented as often the because everybody's numbers, seen yeah, them. Sure, right, you right, know, right, Lady right, and the right, Tramp right. is only going to get rented, you know, a certain amount of time until there's something new. Oh, no, no, no. no. Lady and the Tramp's going to go forever. <laughs> All right, Cal. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you brought all that yeah. up because now it's an opportunity for me to yes. ask you, and I may not have the music bed ready or not because this thing is okay. acting a little okay. goofy, but the question is, what is your quick take, Mr. Todd Kuhn, and you we may go first. Please. So my quick take is a plea to Taylor Swift, dear Miss Swift, when it comes to the stress of your dispute with Scooter Braun, if you want to shake it off and vent, just know <laughs> I am not only a good listener, but your venting will be protected by the attorney-client friend zone privilege with foot massages at no extra charge. <laughs> now you're talking. You are such a there nice guy. Oh, foot massage. I'm a giver. Denise, your quick take. Um, I just want to get tell, you know, Michigan State and the counties of Michigan, if Radio Law Talk was given notice of the $8.41 that Yuri Pate- uh, Raffaelli owed Oakland County, we would have paid it for him. Sure. Thank you. Absolutely. Fred Penny, your quick take. When sir. you're representing yourself in an L.A. court for being sued by multiple people for sexual harassment, etc., and you're a billionaire, don't do it. Thanks we'll be back it. next week, 9 to 5 Pacific Time, live. I'm Fred Penny. You have been listening to Radiolawtalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. Radio Law Talk Incorporated.